Our next guest is a great get for this podcast. He has a unique perspective on the NFL with one team in particular, and we're now thrilled to hear from Tennessee Titans social media manager, Nate Bain. Nate, thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. Excited to talk to you. Hey, real quick, man. Saw your post from this week. You've had a fun week, and last weekend looked like you were at Bonner. How was it? Yeah, personally, Bonnaroo was awesome, man, and came right from Bonnaroo uh, straight into Titans, and we've done a we had a go-kart outing with the linebackers, and uh, we had a uh, training day with the uh, Metro National Police Department. So it's been a wild three or four days, but uh, it's been fun, man. Bonnaroo was, was nuts. Good to see Alt-J, the Killers, Moon Taxi, which is a personal favorite, and uh, Future. So uh, we did a one-day pass at Bonnaroo, and it was well worth it. That's awesome, man. I think you have one of the most, like, you know, enviable or, or uh, a gig in, in life working with an NFL team, working with social media that a lot of people envy. Uh, so, you know, a big reason we wanted to have you on this podcast, we want to get kind of behind the mind of an NFL team's social media. You're like the Wizard of Oz of all things coming from the Titans at Handle. So, first of all, can you tell us exactly what the role of an NFL team's social media manager is like? And uh, what's some of the content you're responsible for? Certainly, that's, that's a super loaded question, but uh, it, it's a it's a fun job, no doubt about it. Uh, but it's definitely crazy, and it's twenty four seven. You know, I'm uh, just the other night was up for you know past midnight, just sorting through photos from training camp practice and different outings that we've had that kind of backed up and, and guys want. Uh, I think it's a good. Um, the LinkedIn article or blog, they just talked about the pros and cons of the social media managers in general, uh, some of the things you, you wouldn't think about. But my day-to-day kind of entails kind of just cataloging and capturing and telling a story of our team uh, that may be on Snapchat, Instagram, uh, maybe a story on Facebook, uh, whatever, whatever it may be. But just trying to get – you know, we're a small market. We're a team that hasn't been good for a while, had a good year last year, and just trying to – you know, get our story out there as many people as possible and, and, and make it as interesting as possible so we may at least get people to understand some of our players, recognize some of our players. Uh, everyone knows Marcus and uh, Derrick Henry, but Taylor Lewand and some of the other guys, I think Taylor's done a great job of becoming a national name through some of his other antics at Predators games on social media and, and, and the like. Um, and I've, it's been cool. I've been here for it's been my second season. But uh, just showing ownership of the power of social and a quick, hopefully, example that shows kind of what our social channels can do. We threw a party the night before the Kansas City playoff game, and we only put it on social, hey, meet up at this bar, and we packed it out with 200, 300 people. Uh, and we had people flying from London, uh, from I think New Zealand and Mexico, and also California and Texas and all throughout the state. So it's Social media is truly global, and it's kind of a new territory for all these NFL teams, but it's one that can kind of rally all the fans no matter where you are, and you can still enjoy and connect uh, through the platforms. Yeah, I feel like that's that's part of the job that I think is, is a positive for people like you. And, um, you know, minicamp officially ended today, I think. I could be wrong. but So the next, you know, six weeks sure. are um, definitely not the most exciting time of the year. For someone in your shoes so if we fast forward to week one how mentally prepared do you have to be to sit behind the trigger of that that titans at handle you know during the middle of a game when you're getting blasted by fans and people around the league you know fantasy players 
Oh, no doubt. It's uh, definitely something you build up for. This time is definitely a downtime that you just referenced. Minicamp is over. But uh, everything I'm doing now is kind of preparing for that week one that you that you just referenced. Uh, a decent story that kind of relates to what we're talking about is I have a buddy that used to work at USA Soccer, or uh, U.S. Soccer, and uh, he's been preparing for, I think, two years for the World Cup, and they didn't qualify. So he had all these content plans and all of these ideas and all these partnerships in the works. So, you know, once the World Cup started, uh, he was going to be just – moving 100 miles an hour but but everything was prepared and then when they didn't qualify uh we were all bummed out with nobody more so than him because he's been working on it for two years so i uh, hadn't been working on it that long but definitely uh this whole off season we were working on different ideas uh different creative looks uh different ideas for the guys uh, a lot of it depends on wins and losses but uh definitely there's a lot of thought that goes into what week one and week two and week three looks like I mean, so like during the middle of a game on an average Sunday during the regular season, um, what's some of the worst stuff you get? Do you see a lot of that stuff from, from like fantasy football players who will just write at the Titans? Do you see that stuff on a Sunday? Yeah, I mean, we, uh, and, yeah, we, we were at the, the forefront of it uh, last year with, with an offense that just kind of could never really click and, and hit. Uh, and before I was with the Titans, I was the Rams, and we had uh, an awful offense there that now has since – you know, done a complete 180 into last year and just talking to the folks at the Rams, just how much more positive everybody is, how much more people pay attention to the team and the social account for stat updates to see what Gurley does. And uh, hopefully that that can then happen this next year with uh, selfishly. It didn't really do much for the team, but for me, we, we can get a huge boost in just engagement and his overall just followers. If we get Derek Henry clicking that he gets – you know, 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns or something like that and can become yeah. a fantasy player, uh, you definitely can get that noise and can get that extra boost that uh, a team in a small market like us needs. I mean, are you ever tempted to, to write back something snarky from that Titans account? Do you have to kind of uh, pull your finger away from the trigger sometimes? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been in the league doing social for five years now, but uh, I definitely I can go back and try to pull something for you guys. But uh, – I definitely came into the job to try to set a tone and kind of try to differentiate a voice from, from the previous regime. Uh, definitely got snippy at some people. I'm trying to think of some of the better examples. I think some kid, uh, it may have been even in the off season. I think Twitter actually used it as like a feature tweet and something, but, uh, uh, to paraphrase the kid said something like you guys will, you know, won't be, we'll go 0 and 16 next year with Marcus as your quarterback. And then I think I responded something, something very light but something like we'll definitely go 0 and 16 if you're our quarterback and that's oh yeah uh, a rise out of, of, of the fans and i've done a couple other things here and there uh to get a little chirpy but maybe i don't go extreme as uh, <laughs> you know, the powerhouse like la kings accounts and ones that have been super uh famous for that stuff i don't know if john robinson would love that degree but they, he definitely is uh open to to being a little little chirpy here and now uh every now right. and then when it uh, the opportunity presents itself yeah and on the, on the flip side how fun is it in your role to take advantage of you know an insane performance like you know kevin byard getting three picks in the same game how fun is that to take advantage of, of the good oh no doubt yeah it, 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 running an account when you're you know losing can also be super challenging and i think you can even find out who your best like social media managers are. I think like the Cleveland Browns, there's Graham Allie Raymond that runs their account 
and she's phenomenal. And they didn't win win a game last year. Or they won one game in two years. Uh, but yeah, the flip side is it's super, or not super, but it's it's definitely a lot easier to run it when when Kevin's making three picks in a game and player of the week and all that kind of stuff. But it, the locker room's a lot more exciting. Their guys are more open to doing stuff. Uh, I mean, after that playoff win in Kansas City, I think everyone wanted my phone. Everyone wanted to you know do a selfie video and or you know cheer in the locker room and show what's going on there or running around and, you know high five fans with it so uh those victories and those big plays definitely as as anyone would uh it's a lot more fun to cover and, and you can do a lot more stuff with it I would say I'm unique in saying this, Nate, but I feel like you know during that whole uh the hype that that led up to the the new uniform reveal the one of the first people I thought of was Nate Bain. I was like, this guy has to have this kind of knowledge, and he's been sitting on this for so long. How hard was that event to uh, to keep under wraps and I guess just the the weight off your shoulder once that news and that that uniform was finally made public how, how fun was that whole event? Oh, it's definitely, you're, you know, you definitely have a secret to keep. And I don't know whether I'm, and I'm not a parent, maybe it's like a parent, you know, on, on Christmas or whatever it may be, you've got something that you can't wait to show someone else. Uh, and there definitely was a little bit of uh, nervousness too, whether fans are going to like it, they're not going to like it. Uh, I think grown on folks and it was kind of mixed reaction at first, but I think once everyone saw it together, uh, people were geeked for it, but it died. That, that was a fun event. Uh, Similar when I was with the Rams, moving from St. Louis to L.A. was, you know, you know what's about to happen and you can't wait for them to announce it. Uh, some of those things are, are are very fun and that also makes it, you know, part of a little secret club when you're trusted enough by ownership and the head coach and the GM to to keep those secrets and man get your content. Um, yeah, it's pretty pretty fun and then that whole event itself was wild and I think our, you know, Amy, the, the team owner did a phenomenal job in planning all that stuff. And I think because of that uniform unveil, we're going to have the draft uh, next year. And that's going to be, I think, a really cool event for not only the Titans, but the city of Nashville. We're going to party pretty hard that week. Yeah, I was going to ask about that Super Bowl because I think the the reveal party and the, and the turnout for that crowd um, probably directly influenced, definitely directly influenced, you know, Nashville getting the draft. I mean, outside of, of the city you live in hosting a draft, or hosting a Super Bowl and, and the team winning a Super Bowl is hosting the draft. You know the best thing that could happen for somebody in your shoes. I think in in, in the NFL uh, world, I think that definitely is the the league has done a good job of making. You know, they want to make the sport year round uh, as much as they possibly can, uh, and you know, for all kinds of purposes, the drafts or sorry, the combine is always going to be in Indianapolis. I'm sure it'll eventually move to Los Angeles. Uh, the draft, I feel like it's kind of the second biggest thing the league does, uh, just with all the star power and the two primetime days, uh, all the different celebrities and folks that are coming to town, and then they've got the red carpet and all sorts of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I think other than hosting the Super Bowl, that's uh, probably the second best thing you can do as far as NFL event-wise. We, you know, you talked about the the Chiefs tailgate and assembling that kind of last-minute party and, and all the th- cool things you've got to do in the last year with the team. Um, what comes to mind as being kind of your favorite off the field story you know, that you've been a part of with, with the Titans? Man, yeah, we've had a, or I guess I've had a very, uh, I've been very blessed to have a, a great first year. Um, I could go two ways with it. We've had, I mean, anything Marcus does off the field, he's just talking about Marcus Mariota is the best dude in general. And anything he does, 
uh, super heartwarming and also it just goes completely viral. I think our two biggest social pieces didn't have anything to do with football. Uh, one was Marcus hugged a kid with Down syndrome on his way out uh, in New York before we played the Jets. I think that got like 20 million views and was the most, you know, engaged, interacted with Titan social post of all time. And then he came, he followed that up with one in the off season. Uh, we had a uh, flag football event that benefited, uh, you know, some community service event and he was throwing footballs with some of the, uh, some of the kids and that went viral too. Um, but in addition, uh, we brought up, there was a kid on Christmas uh, from Western Michigan who was a huge Corey time uh, in college. And his brother put this video on how excited he was to get this Corey Davis jersey. Uh, we called the family. Uh, Corey ended up flying the family to one of our games. Uh, he got killed. The kid had, uh, again, I think he had uh, Down syndrome, was able to meet Corey. We gave him a jersey. He got to have sideline passes. We did a whole video around it. Uh, that was really cool, not only from a, from a social perspective, but just a human being point. That kid was so cool, so excited to meet Corey. Uh, and then on a selfish way, I just enjoyed meeting our fans. You guys with the podcast, uh, the tailgate that we have, we've got a really, really, it may not be the biggest fan base, but we've got a super creative fan base on social, on Reddit. Uh, they party super hard. We've got Matt Neely and, and Vincent Love and all these, these young and up-and-comers, guys in their 20s who are ready to kind of be the face of the fan base, which has been really cool to just witness and be a part of. And I would imagine too, you know, and we'll kind of get here near the end, but interacting with the players on this team, I'm sure is a really cool part of, of your gig. Um, this is our 82nd episode as a podcast. So naturally, this is our Delaney Walker episode. Uh, not to put you on the spot, but do you have a favorite Delaney Walker moment or story during your time with the Titans? I love the Delaney Walker podcast. That's awesome. Uh, Delaney is such an interesting guy, man. I mean, no matter how you kind of slice it, he, he definitely is interesting. And, and they're all good ways from uh, being stuck behind Vernon Davis uh, to then blossoming here uh, to then, I mean, I think my favorite moment with him, I'm trying to think, it's been a lot. He's, he's awesome in the community. He's one of the first people to do anything with the military. He's been on countless like USO tours. I mean, the dude's just a, he's just a, but when you say NFL veteran, I feel like I always will think of Delaney now. Um, but probably the Pro Bowl, man. I mean, he was down there. He was hanging out. He was kind of reserved. He, he didn't go out to, like, some of the parties and stuff that we went to. Um, and then I remember thinking, you know, we've got a punter. We've got two linemen. Uh, we got Bayard, who, you know, maybe he'll get a pick. Who And then Delaney, I almost kind of forgot about him. He's just always so consistent, so reliable. Like, maybe he can't get that much stuff. Uh, and it starts to rain. And I kind of go inside and go up to the press box at the uh, Pro Bowl, and then boom, Delaney scores a touchdown. He scores another one. He leads AFC back. Uh, you know, I think come behind a win, scores at the very end. Pro Bowl MVP. He gets the trophy. He gets the car. Uh, that was a really cool moment, just because you know you kind of. I feel like Delaney always kind of sneaks up on folks and does that kind of thing. I, I almost forgot about him the whole week, and then he's there. He is being the Pro Bowl MVP. So. Uh, Maybe not like the behind the scenes as much, but just that's probably that's what kind of Delaney does. Same thing with like today we uh, were were with Metro PD doing stuff, and you know I kind of almost forgot about Delaney. And he's he's doing the uh, assault rifle training, and he hits like I don't know seven of eight on his targets and stuff, just kills it. So 
uh, he's an awesome guy, awesome veteran, and you think he's almost done. And I think he's what he's he's up there in his thirties, and he's still our leading receiver and still one of the best tight ends in the league. So uh, we'll see how long he can keep it up. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. And lastly here, and we'll leave this one kind of open-ended, our favorite segment on our podcast is we do this thing called No Thanks during the offseason, where basically we declare players around the league that we're going to say no thanks to this next season. So we're they're not necessarily predicting they're going to have a bad year. We just don't want them on our team. Um, so you don't. I guess you don't really have to call out any players in particular, but just is there anything that you're saying no thanks to heading into next season? You Ooh, just say no thanks. I don't like that. Uh, hmm, what am I saying? No thanks to. Uh, we'll keep it somewhat PC, but no thanks. Uh, luckily, I think, and I say for one, um, we'll be a little bit of a, a baby when it comes to this, but thankfully our Titans uh, weight schedule is actually really, really good this year. And uh, all of our like super cold weather games are early on in the season. I think from Buffalo. Uh, to Green Bay and a few of the other ones. So I'll say no thanks to the uh, to the cold weather games. Let's go to New York once, and then we're in London in the fall, but those still won't be too too terrible. I think New York's maybe during Christmas time, so at least it will be cold, but we'll get uh, the Rockefeller Plaza and all that awesome stuff. We'll get to see New York at Christmas. But uh, other than that, we're going to be pretty warm for most of the season. So I'll just have you say it here. So, so cold weather, no thanks. Yeah, we'll say, say no. <laughs> Saying no thanks to cold weather for sure. All right, man. Hey, really appreciate you joining. This was a lot of fun. Once again, that was Nate Bain, social media manager for the Tennessee Titans. Nate, thanks for hopping on. That was great. Yeah, thank you, brother. Thanks for having me.